Chapter 9 of Legends of Saints and Sinners This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Aiken Legends of Saints and Sinners by Douglas Hyde Story of Solomon Preface How Solomon comes into Irish folklore is hard to say. But I have heard at least three stories about him, of which the present is the most interesting. I wrote it down, word for word, from the mouth of Michal MacRory in 1896. There is an undoubtedly eastern flavour about it, but how it came to the County Mayo I cannot imagine, for I have not been able to trace it to any known source. Solomon's name was better known in the Middle Ages in connection with the conjugation of spirits. Für solche halben Hexenblut ist Salomonis Schlüsselgut, says Faust in the study scene, when threatened by the demon dog. Josephus mentions Solomon's power over ghosts, and a book of conjugations in Hebrew which was ascribed to Solomon was translated into Latin, French, Italian, German and Spanish. The best-known German edition, according to Zerfi, one of Faust's editors, is called Clavicula Salomonis et Theosophia Pneumatica. The story. When Solomon's mother was sick, Solomon used to send a man from the village in which he was to watch her every night, and every man who used to be watching her had to come before sunrise next morning with word to Solomon of how his mother was. And the first man who would say that his mother was dead, his head was to be whipped off him and hung upon a spear that was above the great door. And they used to go, man after man, each night in their turn, and five pounds was the reward for their work, which they used to get each night. It was well, and it was not ill, until it came to the turn of a widow's son to go to watch the mother of Solomon. And the night that he was going to watch her, she was very weak and overcome, and given up for death. When the account came to the widow's son to go and watch Solomon's mother, there came the weakness and the sweat of death upon him, and his mother began to keen for him because she had no one but him. And as he was going home from the day's work that he had that evening, he was weeping and troubled, and there met him a half-fool, and he asked the widow's son for what cause was he weeping. And the widow's son told him, as I am telling it to you, what is the reward that you will get? said the half-fool to the widow's son. Five pounds, says he to him. My soul to God of the graces, said the half-fool, but I'll go in your place tonight if you give me the five pounds. I'll give you five pounds and something over, said the widow's son, if you go there. True was the story. The half-fool went to watch Solomon's mother that night, 
and she was in the last agony when he went into the room, and he was watching her until after the hour of twelve at night, and he heard a noise at the big door. And he rose upon his feet and walked to the big door, and there was a man at the big door and he watching, looking in on a window that was in the big door. And the man who was in it was a body servant of Solomon. And Solomon had a great regard for this man. And he used to send this man every night to bring him word privately, to tell him if the man who was taking care of his mother was doing his business right. Now, there was none of the men who were watching his mother for a year so keenly watchful as the half-fool who was watching her that night. No man of them heard the man who was at the big door any night except him. The half-fool opened the big door then, and there was an old sword hung up over the big door. When the big door was opened, the body servant thought to come in. But the half-fool drew the sword and threw the head off him. And he left him there and went to the sleeping room where Solomon's mother was. And he was not long in it until Solomon's mother died. Solomon was getting very uneasy about his servant as to what was the reason that he was not coming to him with tidings, as he used to come every other night. But, howsoever, Solomon did not leave the house till morning, and he did not go to look for him. He waited, but he did not come. And when the day came, the widow's son was not with Solomon before the rising of the sun as the other men had been. Solomon did not go to rest, but he ever looking through the window, and at long last he saw the widow's son, for he thought it was he was in it, coming to the palace. And when he came into Solomon, they saluted one another, and says the half-fool, for it was he was in it, to Solomon, I am asking pardon of you, O king and prince. Why say you that? said Solomon. I knocked the hat off your body servant yesterday, said the half-fool. You have your pardon got, said Solomon. But, O thou best of the kings, said the half-fool, the head was with the hat. And as Solomon was after giving him his pardon, he could not go back on his word. Have you any other tidings with you? said Solomon. I have, said he. Tell them, said Solomon. God's brightness is on the earth, said he. The sun is risen, said Solomon. It is, said the half-fool. The stones that were above yesterday, said he, they are going below now. The plough is ploughing then, said Solomon. It is, said he. And the first house in which you were reared, it is overthrown. Then my mother is dead, said Solomon. She is, said the half-fool. I shall have your head on the spear, said Solomon. You shall not, O honest noble king, said the half-fool. You yourself were the first man who said it. By my honour, said Solomon, it was I. You see now, that as wise as Solomon was, the half-fool got the victory over him in wisdom. There bees look on a fool.
a common proverb. End of chapter 9 Recording by Aiken